before I do that, uh, in your bulletins this morning, you found an insert that talks about our life groups. And they are we uh, uh, new fall semester for our life groups. Please look at that. You, you know, we want you to be connected here. And you can connect in through ministries, being a part of different ministries, connect in through life groups. And we've got several great life groups. We've got a description of those life groups in the, uh, in the insert itself. And so if there's a life group that you may be interested in, please write your name down and contact information and check the one that, or ones that you may be interested in. We have all sorts of different ones. We've got a lot of new ones getting ready to come. We're excited. We've got some new men's life groups going to be starting up soon and really thrilled about that. And, um, so yay. Everybody say yay. All right. I am grateful for the next three hours that we can have together here and uh, just dig deep in God's Word. We are going to dig deep, but we're going to dig deep for about 25 minutes, okay? And uh, we are coming sort of the end of our uh, series uh, that we've been doing this summer on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, we call it Mountaintop Excursions, so we're taking one of our final excursions up to the mountaintop here together, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to catch a view here. How many of you love to catch a view? Uh, I love going up in the mountains. There's nothing else like it. It just kind of grips you. Some people like the ocean, the seas, and that, that's cool. That's good. You know, but there's something about the mountains I, I really like. And just grab hold of the, of the majesty of God and you know, His creative power. It's just amazing. And so we're going to take another view this morning. We're going to, uh, I want you, if you have your Bibles or if you have your iPods or your iPads or your iPhones or your, your droids or whatever you might have, uh, you know, turn to Matthew 7, 24 through 29. We're at the end of this amazing preaching that Jesus has done on the, uh, on the mountaintop with his disciples and with others. And through this, over the last couple of months, we've been teaching and talking about what Jesus was bringing forth. And it's amazing. Someone once told me, it's amazing how you begin and how you end. You know, for something to be impactful, uh, it's got to have a, a, a tremendous beginning, and it's got to have a great ending. At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus brings forth the Beatitudes. He brings forth and He lets you know from the very beginning that your Father wants you to be blessed. He, he erases any doubt in your mind. Is God a good God? He erases any doubt. And He says, My Father wants to bless you and He will bless you in these ways as you begin to encounter and relate and have a relationship with my Father. And he goes forth and he brings forth the Beatitudes. Amazing. And he comes to the end here. And how many of you know if, 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 when you're ending something, uh, it's important that someone has something to take away. I call it a takeaway. Something to take home with you. And Jesus leaves no doubt that he says, now, listen, because I'm getting ready to tell you something that's very important and for you to take home with you. And he, 
And he shares the remaining verses there in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. Let's read that together if we could. This message is called, We're Talking About Practice. Okay? I thought of that, I thought the title of that message from a situation years ago back in 2001. You may have remembered if you're an NBA fan, uh, Alan Iverson. Uh, he actually was, was, grew up in the Hampton, Virginia area, but <clears throat> became a, an amazing basketball player, guard. Uh, he went to Georgetown University and then got drafted, and he's played for a number of teams. But when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers, he was like, uh, I think in 2000, he was like the, the player of the year. I mean, amazing player. And, uh, and so uh, during that, the year following, uh, he, uh, he, he just started missing a lot of practices. And, and the coach, Coach Larry Brown, started criticizing him for and, and he's having this interview with the with the T V reporters and he says says we're in here talking about practice and he and he's talking about how how you know uh, creating doubt on the need of practice. And he goes on this rant and he says talks about practice for twenty nine times. So we're just talking about practice. It's just practice. That's all we're talking about is just practice. And he, I guess he came to a place where he thought that when he practiced for him, was it necessary? And, uh, and so from that point, his career began to kind of go downhill. And uh, last time I heard, he was in somewhere like, uh, uh, the, you know, Mongolia playing basketball or something like that. And, um, but he questioned the idea of practice. And, uh, and Jesus brings up the idea of practice to those that have been hearing this amazing discourse that he's been bringing forth. And he says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, yet it did not fail because it had its foundation on the rock. And then he says, let me give you another, another picture to look at here. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, it beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished these sayings, or saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he has taught one as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. What Jesus had brought forth was amazing. The people had never heard anything quite like the teaching of Jesus. Even today, I, when, when God just brings forth revelation in His Word, it's amazing. I don't know about you, but when I see things, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I've been following Jesus for, I'm trying to think, a long time. Uh, 42 years since I gave my life to Christ when I was 18. A long time. But I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed that I open up the Bible and I catch something inspired by the Holy Spirit that I've never seen before. Now, I may have read it a million times or a thousand times, but now I see it. And it's amazing. It's always amazing. Everything about God is amazing. Everything about Christ is amazing. Everything about this wonderful life that, that He has partnered with us and given us the power to walk is amazing. It's all amazing. 
And uh, Jesus is here, and He's teaching, and the people were, were amazed because they had never heard things like that before. And Jesus said, I have shared a lot of things with you, but it comes down to this. It comes down to this one thing here. It says all the things I've shared is vital, but it comes down to this, is that what I'm about to say will set the course of your life. He said, you may celebrate what you hear. You may applaud what you hear. But he says, unless you do this, he says, it's worth nothing. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Because this was earth-shattering stuff that Jesus had shared with the crowd. And he says this. He says, now everyone who... And he leaves out no one. That's what... Everyone. Everyone, Jason. No one is excluded, are they? Everyone. He says, everyone hears my words. He says, everyone who hears my words and does something, puts it into practice, he says, this is what's going to happen. And then he says, everyone, once again, everyone, there's no one excluded. You you can't say, well, I didn't know. You can't say that. After you hear this message, you cannot say, I didn't know. Okay? So you may want to leave right now if you want to remain in a place of ignorance. You know, (laughs) but you cannot say, I don't know, because Jesus says everyone who hears has a choice. Either they will obey and do what I tell them to do, or they will reject it, or they may embrace it, but they'll never do it. And he says, and as they build their life by practicing these things, two outcomes will happen. One. That will, in spite of whatever you encounter in life, you'll be standing. Two, that whatever you encounter in life, the storms of life, your life is going to fall. And it says it's a great destruction, a great crash. And so we want to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what Jesus says practice. Because we all practice, don't we? We all practice in life, don't we? Say yes, we all practice in life. No matter what it is. When Cindy and I first met, she had to practice how to cook. Our first number of months was quite exciting to find out what is in the pot. You know, it was, it was, it was mystery pot night. What, honey, what is that? <laughs> See, sometimes she knew, sometimes she was just like, I don't know either, honey. And that's scary. That's scary. When you've been practicing, you say, what you've been practicing? I don't know. I don't know. And so uh, some of Cindy's meals were extraordinary. And she, she's, a, she's a, a really, really good cook. But you had to practice, didn't you, baby? She had to practice how to make mashed potatoes. First time she made mashed potatoes, it didn't quite turn out the way that she had hoped that they would be. She got a little mixed up between a blender and a mixer. Okay, there's there are two different kitchen things that you have there. A mixer and a blender. And she decided to put the potatoes in the blender. And it was, you would pick it up with a fork and it would just kind of drain through. Terrible. Now that wasn't enough. She did, she thought, well, if I could make some brown gravy and mix it with it, it would give us some consistency. It looked terrible. I mean, just imagine 
runny brown stuff, okay? Certain images could come to your mind right now this morning. All right? Uh, uh, we were hoping it would taste good, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't taste good either. So, uh, but we all practice. We practice driving. We practice cooking. We, you practice in your job. And we practice the things of God. And Jesus says that you will spend your life practicing. Doing what I hear. What, what you hear me say, you will do it over and over and over and over again. Now, the thing about these two stories, the one who built, he talked about building his house on the rock, and the one that built his house on the sand, like I said, they both heard the, and were available to Jesus' word. Um, they both built their houses in the way that they thought. Storms came to both lives. There wasn't anybody excluded from storms. Whether you're, whether you're following Christ or not following Christ, you're going to have storms in your life. And both experience certain outcomes according to their actions. So don't think that I, I can do something and I'm going to practice in this way or whatever, and I will get a different outcome. We think that sometimes, don't we? Don't we? When I was in, when I was in high school, I was in the high school band, and I played trombone. And I was really good with the trombone, but I didn't like to practice, you know? And I practiced just enough. You ever, have you ever done that? You practice just enough. What you think is just enough. And I, and I was first chair trombone, which was, I was the best. Until a young man decided to practice like crazy. And he overtook my chair. <laughs> but you know, I can't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think that, okay, I'm just going to do just enough to get by and be the best. I'm not going to get that outcome. But this other young man, he was a freshman. This other young man, <laughs> he just loved practicing all the time. And he became really good, better than me. And so he had the outcome to his action. So what I want to do here in the last two and a half hours we have, what I want to do is to look at both of these, make a couple of observations, okay, and answer a question to both of these things, all right? So let's look at the failure to practice, okay? So if you have that scripture, just kind of look on that scripture, all right? A couple of observations. Look here. One is that they heard the words, but they didn't obey the words, they heard them. They said, oh, wow. Woo! That was good. What a good word. They plotted the word. You know? I mean, it's, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I've never heard anything like this before. But they actually did not do what Jesus said. They loved it. They plotted it. They heard it. But they didn't do what Jesus said. Hearing and doing can be summed up in one word, and it's called obedience. What was your word, honey? Okay. That, <laughs> that, that word was, what you said was in a foreign language, so I didn't quite hear it. Okay. But obedience, right? Everybody say obedience. Hearing and doing. Obedience. Should be simple. But we find ourselves trying 
to find all the shortcuts that we could find in life and following Christ. We feel like hearing the word and being like, oh, what a wonderful word. That's for me. I know that's for me. Yes, I receive that word. I, I take that word and I hold on to that word, but I never do the word. And I never practice the word. And so nothing ever happens. And how I build my life, there will come a moment in your life that a storm will come. And it's too late. The thing about this storm here, if you look at the storm, another observation, if you look at the storm in both of the stories, it was gradual. Okay, look at it. Jesus said, first, the rain came. No big deal. Had rain before, not a big deal. It keeps coming. Okay, all of a sudden, the streams start rising. Okay, not a big deal. They rise, they fall, they rise sometimes. Then all of a sudden, Jesus said, the winds pick up. It begins to blow. And then it's beating against the house. And then by, at that moment, when you say, hmm, I better start practicing this stuff, it's too late. It's too late to practice then. The storm is at your house, and it's going to knock it over. The storm is at your life, and it's going to knock your life over. It's too, can, can God then take? And when you say, Lord, I, I blew it, I missed, restore, help me, oh, certainly He can. When you change your mind, you say, I need to begin to do and practice the words of Jesus. God can. He can restore. But I will tell you, it is an effect, isn't it? It's like dropping a rock into a lake. It ripples out and it has effect upon other, other things. It talks about here that the effect was, it was a great crash. It says in the Word here. When I think about a great crash, it not only affects me, but it may affect others around me. When you live your life in this way, there will come moments in your life there will be great crashes. The sad thing about it, it not just affects you, but it affects your loved ones. It affects others. It affects others that have been looking to you saying, what a wonderful Christian. Aren't they nice? Aren't they loving? But they haven't seen that you are setting yourself up for a crash. And it will affect their lives also. It will affect their lives also. And so these things that you see, they did all these things because they decided to build upon the sand. The thing about the sand, it's easy to build upon the sand. Not difficult. Just plop the house on the sand. But how many of you have ever been to the beach and you know what happens when water comes in contact with sand? It makes it very unstable, doesn't it? Have you ever seen some of those, uh, the artists that are on the beaches, they do these amazing sculptors. And I remember one time down there, the beach, there was a guy, I think it was from California, he did the Lord's Supper. The, the whole picture of the Lord's Supper out of sand. It was amazing. I mean, it was like, wow, astonishing, amazing. This is, we ought to keep this forever. But because it was built upon the sand, when that high tide came in, guess what happened to his wonderful piece of art? Well, it ended up in the ocean. That's the thing about sand. There's no stability to sand. And Jesus is equating when you live your life and you don't do, you don't obey, you don't practice my word, 
No matter what the outcome of my word is, you keep practicing my word. You keep doing it. Last time I was in Ukraine, I prayed for several people that I was expecting healing to take place. Now, we saw healing take place in a lot of lives, but some people, I was praying for cancers, and I'm just believing God that that cancerous mass would just dissolve instantaneously. Well, it didn't dissolve instantaneously. It didn't get the outcome that I was hoping for, wanting, whatever. But does that mean that I just quit? I stopped? I stopped practicing? No. I keep praying. I am believing that as I continue to practice the things of God, that even the most severe things that, that are from the enemy, from the devil, must bow its knee to Christ. Must, because it has all been done. been settled at the cross. It's all done already. Now, I don't understand, but understand that apparently I, I just need to, I need to continue to practice. I need to continue to learn. So I'm going back in there this year, and I am believing for more, more, because I want to practice. Amen? But it says if you don't practice, it's like you're building your house upon the sand. It will fall eventually. It is not stable. It is not stable. So why is it we, that we don't practice? A couple of just ideas. One, I think sometimes we don't practice is that when we experience a little bit of success in life. Alan Iverson experienced a lot of success. And, uh, and he realized it could change very quickly. And it did for him. I think sometimes when we experience success in the Christian life, we just feel like, well, I've arrived. I'm here. You know? Ta-da! <laughs> and um, it goes from ta-da to dum dum da dum dum da dum But sometimes we come to a place that when we've experienced success, we forget what got us there, and we begin to just coast. Many times it could be that you're in your Christian walk and you just don't understand. You you're still don't have the understanding. You still are ignorant to the fact that with hearing must come doing. That's why in the book of James, it says, James verse, chapter 1, verse 22, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. He says it very clearly, James says, that if you hear but you don't do, you're just deceiving yourself that you're going to have the outcome that you want. Sometimes it's that we don't want to build. We want someone to build for us. Sometimes if I, if I can find that person to pray for me, that person to prophesy for me, that person to seek God on my behalf, that person, whatever. And, and we're lazy. Let's just say what it is. We're lazy. And we're, we're waiting for others to build our lives. Listen, everyone is going to build, but they're going to build their own life. All right? So, so that's another reason. Sometimes we, like I said, this continues. Someone, sometimes we, we, we live off the revelations and the encounters that others have. And we hear their stories that it encourages us. And those things always will encourage you. But it's never meant to sustain you. Okay? You know, hearing a great testimony or preaching from someone else or their encounters in God and what they've seen and what they experience is always wonderful. And you can always be blessed by it and be encouraged by it that you yourself 
also do that, but it's never meant to sustain you. What sustains you in and out, day in and day out, is the Word of God. The Word of God and your relationship with the Holy Spirit will sustain you. And many times is that we try to live our life off of our gifts. Off of our spiritual gifts. Off of the things that we're good at. Sometimes our personalities. You know? Maybe you have a very outgoing, wonderful, engaging, you've never met a stranger, you're a friend to everybody, in personality. And you're very loving. Uh, that's wonderful. That's good. But how I many you know that's not going to sustain your life? That's not going to build your life the way it needs to be built. God says, I have words. I have words. Because He is the Word, it says. In the beginning was the Word, and word, word was with God. He is the Word. And it's Him, the Word, His words that sustain you in life. All right? And lastly, like I said, it's just out of dis- disobedience. We, for some reason, choose, I think I, I think I have a better idea than Jesus. Yeah. Now, we, first we need to pray for you because you're insane. <laughs> but we do. We do. Don't, I mean, we may not say it in those words, right? But we do because we go, it's like, Okay, this is what Jesus has told me, that if I do this, this is what I experience. This is what I think I know, and I think I know is better. And so I'm going to follow what I think I know. And God will let you follow what you think you know. Until the winds come and the rains come and uh, it beats on your little house. And you go, ooh, wrong choice. (laughs) Now, God will meet you in that place because He is a wonderful God. He's a God of restoration. He'll meet you in that place. And as you repent, He says, good, let's, let's get on with it now. You know, you're going to hear my words, yes. I'm going to hear your words. I'm going to listen to your words. <laughs> you know, listen, when, when, you know, when your house is all in splinters, your life is in splinters, and you've been water soaked, and you look like a wet rat. You say yes, Lord. Yes, I will hear you now. All right. Can, can I can I take five five more minutes? That's four minutes. That's five minutes. Okay. Let's talk about what Jesus says that we live to practice. We live to practice. We practice because simply we love Him. It's not that it's our duty. It's not that we're trying to prove anything, trying to earn anything. Listen, please understand what I'm saying when I'm talking about doing. Because people will say, well, you're not really living by grace. Well, yes, you are. Because you need the grace of God in order to do. But some people will say, well, oh, so you're saying it's all about doing now. You know, so you're, so God accepts it because you're doing. No, I don't. I didn't say that. Okay? But I'm saying as you encounter God and as you hear Him and He says, Doug, go and do this. Then you do this because you love Him. Not because you're trying to earn anything, measure up, whatever it might be. You do it because you simply are so in love with Him.
And you couldn't imagine that God would tell you anything wrong. That He holds the greatest wisdom, the highest wisdom in all, in anywhere, in, in the universe. He holds that. And the wonderful thing about it, He says that when, when, when you will do these things, this is amazing, He calls you wise. That's what's amazing. He says, you're a wise person. Now, how many of you know wisdom doesn't come by gray hair? All right. I was really hoping it would, you know. Because <laughs> I've worked really hard for this. <laughs> it doesn't come that way. But Jesus says, when you hear my words and you do my words and you daily put them into practice, he says, it will cause you to be a very wise person. You'll be, you'll be drenched with wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 and 15 says this about wisdom. It says, happy is the man. All right? Wisdom brings happiness. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and gain than fine gold. That just talks about how valuable wisdom is. And God says that when we do this and we practice this, He says you will grow in wisdom and you will grow in value and you will grow in in a place of prosperity that you have never dreamed possible. It says she is more precious than rubies and all the, the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. And Proverbs 4 says, it says this. It says, get wisdom. You ever heard, had your mama? Get your clothes. You know, get them off the floor, Doug. It's kind of emphatic. Get wisdom. And God is saying, Get wisdom. Jesus is saying here, get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the main thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, while you're getting, get wisdom. Okay? Get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. I love this. She will bring you honor when you embrace her, she will place on your head an ornament of grace. I like that. Wow. We know how much we need grace. Well, grace comes by listening, doing, practicing. Wisdom comes from that. And then you are crowned with grace. Wow. A crown of glory, she will deliver you. I love that. I love that. The idea of practice is there never to be viewed or talked about. It's meant to do. You know, the thing about building upon a rock is a lot more difficult. It takes more time. A lot harder. You know, you try, you try to put the footings in that rock. I mean, it takes time. It's, it's hard work. But I'll tell you, there's no other way of doing it. And he says that, that when you build in the way that I'm telling you to build, to do and to practice, it's like it's harder. It's more work. But I'll tell you, you're setting security for your life, security for your destiny, security for your future, he says. Let me share this as we end here. I have lost. There it is. So what does practice look like? A couple of thoughts here. One, we continue to listen. You haven't arrived. Say, I have not arrived. 
Not anyone in here has arrived, have they? Sometimes we think we have. Sometimes we think, oh, compared to this person, I know a lot. You know? But it says, as we practice, not just practice and doing, but we practice, continue to listen. To listen to the Holy Spirit. To listen when we pick up the Word of God. It's not just like, okay, I gotta read my scripture for the day. All right. All right. Did it! Check it off! Did it! <laughs> you haven't listened to anything. <laughs> you know, what you're saying <clears throat> is this. My own agenda, my own agenda, my own agenda, my way, my way, my own agenda, my own agenda. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. All right. <laughs> We're not listening at all to the Holy Spirit as He brings forth His Word. We've got to continue to listen. Amen? We meditate on what we heard. We bring it back up. We think about it. We think about it. There's more to it. We think about it. Okay? We step beyond the fear. Because what Jesus tells you to do many times is something you have never done before. How many of you have realized that already? Amen? Okay, both of you. Great. Okay. (laughs) But what He tells you to do is from another world. And he tells you something you have never done before. And I've experienced in life that can bring a lot of fear to you and I. I don't know if I can do this. Well, that's how you practice. First time I ever got on a bike, I don't know if I can do this. My first few efforts, they kind of confirmed I couldn't do this, okay? I got some straight knees and elbows, but I just kept on. And I, you ever remember, you, do you remember the feeling you had when your dad let go of the bike or your mom or your older brother or whatever and you're riding the bike all by yourself? Oh, man, what a great feeling that is. Exhilarating. Exhilarating. I learned then not to put your feet near the front spokes of the tire as you're going because it will flip you right over. I experienced that personally in my life, okay? But, but we step beyond the fear, people. It's always going to be that thing of fear. The enemy will always try to introduce fear. But I'll tell you, obedience will blast away that fear. will blast it away, you know, as you continue to do. Never stop doing the Word of God. We talked about that. No matter what the outcome was, you never stop it. Because are you saying, is my outcome more reality or is what God says more reality? I believe what God says is more reality. Okay? Keep the proper perspective. What I'm saying is this. Listen, I love the Holy Spirit. I love the experiences. I love laughing. I love just getting just whacked by the Holy Spirit. I love all these things. But I want to tell you, you've got to keep it in perspective. Because you don't build your house with just that. All right? You build your house as you follow His words and you keep doing and practicing His words. The other things are wonderful, great, necessary, but it's not going to build your life like it needs to be built. All right? You all understand what I'm saying? I, I, I love it. I embrace it. 
But I've seen too many people that they're just after an experience. That's all they want. And they keep living their life however they want to live their life, not obeying the Lord. And it's not right. Okay? All right? What was the last thing here? And didn't understand what is being created. In those times where you're practicing, you're practicing and it's maybe you're not getting all the results that you way you want it to be, you need to have hope in what you're doing. Cindy was sharing this morning in Sunday school. It was amazing. Y'all missed it? Where were you? She was amazing. Let's see, where's Grant? Grant, was she amazing? Awesome. She was amazing. She was talking about faith and hope. Okay, if you missed it, somehow God's going to have to download that to you somehow. Okay, but it was amazing. But never forget what you're, what's being created in your life. Never forget what the vision is. Never forget that, listen, I am building, I am going to be a world changer. I am going to be a world changer. Say, I am going to be a world changer. All right. If you're going to be a world changer, you've got to practice at being a world changer. You don't wake up one morning and go, here I am. <laughs> I'm a world changer. Uh, now, now, in reality, deep inside, yes, God calls you a world changer. You are a world changer, but you've got to walk that out. Amen? All right, that's all i got to say. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand up? All right. The question is this morning, do you love to practice? What we're talking about here is practice. Okay? Can we just take a moment and just say, Holy Spirit? <clears throat> no, not <laughs> You don't say, <laughs> I'd be mean for you to repeat that, okay? That's okay. I thank you. Y'all are into it. Even at the end of the, of the morning, you're still into it. Hallelujah. Okay, and we're not waking some of you up. Okay, that's good. All right. But I believe that the Christian life is amazing. I believe it's beyond, above, more than you could ever ask or think. I believe that it makes a difference in what we do in life. I believe it makes a difference when we do and practice the Word of God. We follow the words of Christ as the Holy Spirit brings us those things. I believe it makes a difference. And I believe, as Jesus said, that as we are in this relationship, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed beyond what you could ever imagine. And it's not just about you, but as you practice (laughs) the lives that you change along the way. That's one of the greatest joys of the Christian life to me. I love the joy that we experience in a service. I love the joy that we experience in worship and in the Holy Spirit. But I love the joy of seeing a life being transformed right before my eyes as they give their lives to Christ. There's nothing else like it. Nothing else like when you're being able to, in the midst of your practice, God gives you an opportunity to, to talk to someone. And they question and they say, you know, your life is just something about your life that's inviting. And you say, listen, it's just, I've been practicing. <laughs> I've been practicing the things of God. And it's 
you can have the same thing. And when they reach out, and when they say, I want to give my life to Christ, there is nothing else like the joy of seeing, when they look in your eyes, seeing life there. Nothing else like it. I want to encourage you to follow the words of Christ this morning. And when you hear these words, and you do put these words into practice, you become like a person that builds his life, his house, upon the rock. And when the winds come, and when the waters rise, and when the wind comes, and it beats on your house, and beats upon your life, you'll be left standing. You'll be left standing for the next generation, for that next person, You'll be left standing. Father, we pray this morning. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what we want, God. Father, we repent right now if that's not how we've been living our life. We've been living our life upon someone else's life, our successes, our giftings, our personalities. But we're not living our life in the way that you have told us. And we I pray that if you're here this morning, just just simply saying, Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Father. I believe that you have an extraordinary life for me. And that's what I want to go after. So I repent. And Father, I commit myself to you today to be in your presence, to listen to you, to do what you tell me to do and keep doing it and practice. Because in that, Father, you guarantee, you guarantee that my life will be unlike anything I can imagine. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.